Reel on Reels, episode 15. Home Alone, Brutal Hijinks. Hello, hello. Welcome to the first ever Christmas special of Reel on Reels. I'm your host, Jeremiah. Ho, 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 ho. I'm Rob. <laughs> and uh, today, <laughs> today we'll be talking about <laughs> Home Alone. Yeah. Which is probably the first movie that comes to mind for me when I think about <clears throat> Christmas movies. It's like Home Alone and Christmas Vacation, pretty much. What about a Christmas story? I mean, yeah, but I'm sick of that movie. How dare you? How absolutely dare you? <laughs> it's yeah, it's in that category with like I guess that's TBS's fault. It is. It is. Showing it 24/7. Yeah. It's or not 20 was it it's not just 24 it's just 24, right? Not 24/7. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised <clears throat> if it was a whole week, but I don't think it, it is. It seems like it has been in the past. But yeah, I mean, uh that and uh like it's a wonderful life and <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I do always still enjoy the animated what? stuff. Hmm. For some reason, that doesn't get... I don't get sick of that. Like the Grinch movie and the reindeer... Or the Rudolph one and... Oh, the... Yeah, the the claymated ones. Not the claymated ones. They're just... They're not claymated, right? Well, they're the, not clay. it's stop motion. Yeah, yeah, stop motion. That's the word I was looking for. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought maybe they were clay. I don't know <clears throat> what materials they used, but... Kind of like a felt something. They kind of look felty. They do look felty. Pretty sure. felty. <laughs> they look pretty felty. Got Robert De Niro impression. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good, Falker. All right. Plenty more of those coming up. These shoes. <laughs> the, the the excellent impression stylings of Rob. So <laughs> let's talk about Home Alone, Rob. Do you? <laughs> I've got impression stylings, Greg. <laughs> Could you milk me? What do you uh, so? What do you want to say about this movie? Uh, do you want to do an overall plot or? Sure. I mean, okay. <clears throat> okay. So Kevin uh, McAllister, played by uh, Macaulay Culkin, the uh, the child star of the '90s, um, was the child star of this particular '90s movie. Yes. And uh, he gets stuck. Wait for it, guys. Just I know I know it's dead air, but just hold on. He gets left home alone. Oh wow! And home alone. Yeah, that's the title. Yeah, and okay, it's pretty crazy, but that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> this is a John Hughes produced film. John um, Hughes wrote it, I believe. As well. Yeah, I'm sorry, he wrote it. This was in, right it. in the middle of a, a hugely prolific period for him, oh. where he was coming out with a couple movies every year. Yeah. From like the mid '80s and the mid '90s, mm. pretty much. Such a amazing filmmaker, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen I haven't t- seen probably enough of his movies. Like I haven't seen Pretty in Pink or Sixteen Candles, or you know I haven't seen either of those either. <laughs> yeah, but the movies I have seen of his, he just he yeah. just knew how to make. Yeah, The Breakfast classic. Club, um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Sure. Uncle Buck. He did the National Lampoon's movies, and uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, M- Kevin McAllister is uh, kind of at odds with his family because his entire family is over at his house because they're about to leave for Paris um, the next day. So his entire family is over at the house. They're eating pizza, and his cousin's gonna pee the bed because he's drinking pop all night, um, <laughs> and. Uh, there's a mix-up. The alarm, or the power goes out, and the alarms don't go off. So the next morning, they're all scrambling. They lose a ticket because the ticket got <clears throat> flushed with milk because milk spilt over with the pizza. And uh. <laughs> yeah, it's chaos. Yeah, and it's uh, they actually um, do a really good job of that early in that early in the movie the whole establishing that this is like this big family that's getting together for christmas and they capture that chaos really well yeah they do a good job making it realistic that a family would forget or mom would forget her son yeah because that whole that that whole plot point that is what could have killed this movie yeah they really had to sell that for sure oh for sure that was the selling point like Mm -hmm. they had to succeed there otherwise the whole thing is 
unbelievable. Yeah, it's a good example of a film with a increasingly absurd premise that just that doesn't really requires as much suspension suspension of disbelief as you might think it would. Right. Um because it just keeps it real. Yeah, cuz they're they're stuck in Paris. They end up taking the flight to Paris and mm-hmm. she realizes that Kevin's not on board the plane. Um but they get to Paris and she is fighting her way back. But in the meantime, there have been these burglars scouting the neighborhood, figuring out which houses to hit for the a choice burglary because they live in a very affluent neighborhood. The Wet Bandits. Yeah, the Wet Bandits. Joe uh, Pesci and Daniel Stern. Oh, yeah. Very memorable duo. My my favorite performances in this in this movie. Yeah, you know, um, they originally they purposely gave really over top <clears throat> over the top performances because they didn't really think the movie was going anywhere. Yeah. Like it was kind of a low budget movie. Mm. It was like eight or 17 something million. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I mean, moderate, I guess. And, and it came out in 1990. Yeah. Not pretty kind of a low budget, yeah, yeah. Uh, for, you know, by Hollywood standards. And, uh, they just, you know, it was, it wasn't really supposed to be this massive blockbuster. It ended up becoming, I think it was John Hughes biggest film. Wow. Um, but yeah, that's, they, they gave these really over the top performances. I love stories about actors initially looking down upon the movies that, I end up being huge hits. Yeah, yeah. Um, because like Alec Guinness, Star Wars, mm-hmm. he thought Star Wars was a piece right. of crap. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, okay, you're gonna give me the money to do this, whatever. But he, he did not think it was gonna do well. Yeah, which is why he wanted to die in the first one. Yeah, he yeah. To just be out of it. Yeah, and done. But yeah, um, so yeah, it's one of those interesting movies to revisit for that reason, um, and probably a few other reasons, but. We'll get into it. Yeah, so uh, these burglars are scouting the neighborhood. They decide to hit the McAllister's house. Kevin's there, home alone. <laughs> and so Kevin decides to take matters into his own hands. First, he tries to make him make it appear that there are people in the home. Yeah, he he sets up those uh, like cardboard cutouts and things, and yeah. is using like ropes to pull them. And he's yeah. got light shining behind him. He's got music playing, and right. he's even got one like on a train. Yeah, it's like, like a Michael Jordan thing on a train, or I don't know if it's Michael Jordan one. I think it was the Michael Jordan yeah, yeah. cutout, yeah. <laughs> and he's got like mannequins, I think. And yeah, and he makes it from the outside, it looks like there's a party going on on the inside, there's music going on. Yeah, the um, fir- probably the first example of his um, uh, kind of absurdly precocious uh, cleverness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, so he goes, there's this whole, uh, there's the subplot of the um, the old guy that he has uh, some touching conversations with who he originally was scared of. Oh yeah. yeah. Everybody's a, f- there's those rumors that the old guy in their neighborhood is uh, a, an ax murderer. Yeah. Uh, that he killed his family or something. Um, but obviously it's his brothers trying to mess with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had a, he had a whole, um, thing, he, a conversation. There's a kind <clears throat> of a poignant scene in the church and, He's sitting there and they're listening to a children's choir sing a holy night, I think. Yeah. So it's one of those, um, one of those kind of John Hughes signatures where he tries to inject a lot of heart and yeah, he he kind of thoughtfulness into a comedy. Mm -hmm. And there's, yeah, there's a element of growing up, right. You know, kind of learning that the things that people tell you aren't necessarily true. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, lesson the, for a kid. Yeah, the, all of those all of those movies seem to be about kind of growing up and maturing in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, almost every one of them is a yeah. coming of age story in some fashion. Yeah, and I think yeah, they they successfully he successfully gets that point across in the script mm-hmm. that Kevin <clears throat> does change at this point. You know, the only people that don't really change are <laughs> the burglars, besides the fact that they get arrested. Right. Yeah. They just try to do it again the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was I didn't even uh get that deep into it when I was thinking about it, but yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Home alone, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, there's this uh the main plot is um him defending his house from these uh these cartoonish <laughs> burglars. Yeah, and, and he does it in cartoonish ways. And intercut with uh Catherine O'Hara as the mom who does an amazing job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being both um just determined yeah just a determined incredibly you know loving and dedicated mother 
who just who feels really terrible for you know yeah not paying close enough attention or whatever and at the same time just being a f- doing good over the top comedy i think yeah yeah i mean she's, she's not she's not actually over the top though it, she yeah, just yeah. does a good job of being she has that great scene in the airport when she's right they, they don't have a ticket for her she's like i gotta get home to my son and like really powerful you know and uh john candy is in that scene the polka king of the midwest oh yeah yeah that i love john candy in this oh, movie it's john, one of my favorite performances i love john his. candy yeah D- yeah john candy was uh, a treasure he was very much so is he still around yep um so yeah there's mm-hmm. but the the big climactic uh scene is the all the rube gold rube goldbergian traps that yeah <laughs> that uh kevin has set for the burglars he sets torches he puts glass ornaments on the under the windows um but he does them in like a sequent a sequential way yeah where it makes them vulnerable to more and more <laughs> as they yeah. go along it's so like this yeah, guy how does he he does something to like lure them to specific spots i don't exactly remember yeah i don't know i can't remember um how they did that yeah he has a has the whole his whole plan laid out and they just fall right into yeah, it. Yeah, he's got like a blueprint. Oh yeah, he literally made a blueprint. That's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he's he's diabolically come up with this sequential plan of torture for these burglars. <laughs> like this kid is sadistic, but he's great. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, the violence actually ends up getting more intense than you would expect. Yeah. That's one of the things that I the crit- was, movie was criticized for. I think it was MythBusters. I don't know. one of those. Either them or somebody on the internet. I can't remember. I want to say it's Mythbusters. They tested out what kind of damage Kevin's traps would do to an actual <laughs> human being, and they said they would have they would have killed this guy. <laughs> he would have killed them. He wow! Just the paint yeah. cans themselves, I think. Oh killed yeah, them. and not to mention that bar. Does the bar happen? The bar happened in this one, right? I couldn't remember if it happened in this one or the first, the second one. Oh, he um, throws down the bar. It's I don't. It's, it's like a pipe. Yeah, I don't think the pipe is in this one. It's they've got the, the, paint, the paint, paint cans and the the trip wire. Probably, the, the pipe. I can't remember if the pipe was in this one. I get, I get those movies mixed up. But yeah. um, but anyway, so like he gets like he puts them in traps where they have to t- they start taking off their shoes. Or yeah, uh, Harry. Harry is he's, uh, he's Joe to, Pesci. Yeah, and yeah. Marv is Daniel Stern. Yeah, and Marv. His gets, shoes get caught in tar. Yeah, his shoes get caught in tar, and he takes off his shoes, and his next, he's led to his next trap, which is a window with glass ornaments on the bottom. Oh, that he just left the window open. I think that was how he just got him to go. Start yeah, yeah, there. yeah. And uh, he steps in, obviously gets glass all up in his feet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, the these watching these traps is um I. It definitely was part of the pleasure of this movie as a kid. You're just like watching these bad guys get hurt real yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the way they film it uh, even is it, it really, it like drives it home. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the way, like the close up of the, the huge nail going through uh, Mar- Marv is the, uh, is Daniel Stern's character, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Harry I just Mar- said that. I just I know (laughs) the nail going through his foot like oh man that just look you can feel the pain almost (laughs) and I love Joe Pesci in this because he's always on he's just on the verge of swearing and he's like oh (laughs) (laughs) he's really good at the like clean swearing yeah yeah yeah. that's good stuff um and I guess he was like he was really frustrated on the set because he couldn't swear Oh, I could see because that. Macaulay Culkin was there. I mean, this is the same year that Goodfellas came out. Yeah, like nineteen ninety. You know, you're right. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. He was in like a classic mob movie where he plays a psychopath who, you know, every other word is some kind of ins- or uh, yeah. uh, curse. So now he's not acting at all. Oh, really? Yeah, he retired. Oh, I but didn't know that. He's doing Scorsese's new Netflix movie. Oh, with the. Uh, Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, uh, a ton of people. Harvey Keitel. Wow. The Irishman. It's coming out uh, 2019. That sounds awesome. Pretty soon. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah, that's just an incredible combination. Oh, there, there's <laughs> even more people. That's not even. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. But those are like the big people. It's like, holy crap, they're actually working. All, all those people are working together. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about The Departed. Yeah, yeah. But it's probably going to be even more crazy than that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, these uh, they all the, the the paint can hit swinging from the uh, the stairs and <laughs> smacking. I think they both get smacked by it. And you, uh, Marv's got that iron mark on his face. Yeah, no iron falling on him. And Jen. oh yeah, he drops an iron out of a dumb waiter yeah. or no a laundry chute. Yeah, <laughs> onto Marv's yeah, face. Right. And uh, and uh, Harry gets uh, his head blowtorched. Yep, blowtorched <laughs> and, and his hand seared <laughs> yeah. with the McAllister M. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because he, he well he looks at, hooks up some tongs to the yeah he hooks up like a hot thing. So some, I don't know what yeah, it some was. kind of t- electric tongs or something that get hot. I'm not sure exactly what that. Yeah, was. we have to look that up. But <laughs> he hangs them on the doorknob, and the doorknob's got their <laughs> their initial on it. And Harry goes to grab it. It's red hot at that right. point. And then yeah, and they show the the logo being burned into his hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's a brutal movie. Gruesome stuff for yeah. a kids. The movie, second yeah. one's like not it is is the same. It's like he drops a brick on their face yeah. from like a <laughs> an eight story building. Yeah, <laughs> like, I remember that. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty rough. Yeah, I really like the stunts. Just how how yeah, they yeah. they they just do such a good. It's so cartoonish. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, do we want to get into this, some of the categories? Yeah, let's let's hit it. Yeah. So, um, I. Uh, I guess we should explain if you haven't seen this movie. Eventually, he, uh, the old man, saves oh. his life. Yeah, he's he. The burglars finally catch Kevin, and Joe Pesci's about to bite his fingers off. Yeah, he literally says, "I'm going to bite off every finger." <laughs> yeah, one by one. Um, and then we're going to. Yeah, he's like, and they're, they're like, "Oh, we're going to do everything that he did to us. <laughs> we're going to hit him in the face with an iron. We're going to um, see." <laughs> Burn off his hair with a blowtorch. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, yeah, then the old man that Kevin was afraid of comes in with a shovel, snow shovel, and just beats them, knocks them out, and they call the cops. Yeah. And then his mom comes home and happy, happy yep, ever yep. after. Until after. the second one when they lose him again, which, <laughs> okay, I could buy it the first time. <laughs> second time, I can't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> But it's still or the a, third time the second one's still a great movie but the third time was a different kid it's still a great movie mm, even yeah. though uh, um i mean it's very samey it's the same. <laughs> of course but <laughs> i mean a movie donald trump's in that movie oh really yeah i don't he, remember he that has a brief appearance when uh kevin's like walking in a hotel it might have been trump hotel oh um and like trump like walks in like gives him directions he points him in the right to the elevator i think <laughs> that's funny like he goes to the elevator and you just hear fake news in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'd be something way ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, direction. What do you think about the direction? Oh, Dir- I should ask, did you uh, do post-production in this? I included it because of the, um, it's also our effects category. So it's like the makeup and all that kind of stuff that went into the stunts, all that. That's kind of all effects work. Okay, so that I think was I my... need to adjust my score then. Okay, uh, because I didn't do that, and we would be imbalanced. Indeed, this is a very statistical scoring system. Got to um, keep it scientific. You know what? I'm just going to give it the score that I ended up with, so it ends up being the same. Is that how? That would, that's not how it works. That's not how that works. Forget what I say. I I, I don't know the math involved ex- that well, but uh, that's I, wrong. That is a wrong <laughs> hypothesis for how that yeah. math equation would work out. <laughs> I don't think it would change it much, but you can uh, you can do that if you want. So the uh, direction in this movie is directed by Christopher, or not? I, I want to say Christopher Columbus, but it's Chris Columbus. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. go by he doesn't he go does by not Christopher. Go by Christopher. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't go go by that dude. That almost had to be a correction, but I I, I caught myself. Uh, which is the guy who directed the first Harry Potter movie. Actually, he directed the first two. And uh, you can even, as, as long ago as 90, you can you can kind of see the same um, lighthearted style or like, like kind of crowd-pleasing style, I think. And I think he's good with kids. Oh, yeah. Um, because it, you do get, I mean, if you're going to watch a movie with kid actors, you probably want to watch a Chris, Chris Columbus movie. Because I can't really think of any good, good you know, movies with good kid actors except the, the couple that then he's done. He, yeah, yeah. 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 He's oh, good. Did, were you going to interject? No. 
You should keep stalling so that I could retally the score. <laughs> I'm not stalling here, Rob. I'm providing premium content. <laughs> what are you talking about? I kid. Uh, uh, but, all right. But you should start stalling. If so. you <laughs> all right. So I'm giving it a nine for direction. That's Be- not stalling it at all. Because uh, I think that he, a lot of the, I, I think it would have been, it was, it could have been, it would, blah, blah, blah. I think it could have easily fallen apart because of the way the screenplay is written. I think oh, yeah. there's a lot of back and forth between um, serious and slapstick. And that could easily, I think, just be, seem incongruous. But I think somehow he found the right tone and made it, made the whole thing kind of move along quickly. And um, just the way that, the way that Kevin. You know, the way that Macaulay Culkin's performance ties it together, just being um, this kind of cute kid throughout who's always like plucky and scrappy. And, you know, he's never like, I mean, he's down, I guess, a little bit, a couple points, but like he just, he has this spirit that really keeps it moving. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I know that's part of partly performance thing and not direction, but that I think a lot of it, a lot of that credit has to be given to him for keeping it together like that so. sure um so you uh got your math figured out there or you yes i do have the math ready we definitely didn't just edit it right there no nope. um so direction i think uh i mean i do agree that he did a good job directing the film um i i don't think there's anything that particularly stands out in terms of good or bad to me. I think it's all pretty standard filmmaking. Yeah, Yeah, he doesn't really have any signatures. Yeah, but I mean, which doesn't necessarily mean it's a good or bad thing, but I don't think the direction is really the the main feature here. Right. I, I don't think that's his job. I think he did a good job for what he was supposed to do. You know, he served his purpose in telling the story. Right. Um, so I'm giving it a an 8.5. I would say all the exact same things about the first two Harry Potter movies, actually. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's he does a good job of staying out of the way. That's, yeah. that's a skill, I yeah. think. So I give it an 8.5. I think, uh, yeah. I think yeah. it's a solid score. I give her, give her a 9. All right, so uh, screenplay. What do you think of that screenplay? Um, let me look it up on my notes here. I give the screenplay. I won't, I'm not going to say it yet. I'm going to build the tension. Okay. For y'all listening at home, build it up for us, Rob. I think. Uh, I mean, it's a John Hughes movie, written. He, it's well crafted. I think it's. Uh, it's very tight. It's a tight, tight screenplay. <laughs> tight screenplay. It's tight. It's tight. It's pretty tight. Um. But I think it, uh, yeah. There's there's not many faults to it. I, I think it's funny when it's supposed to be. I think it's heartwarming when it should be. Um, it hits all it hits all the notes of a great family classic, let alone a, a holiday classic. Yeah, I pretty much agree with all that. Um, I think the the way that the families, the way that the, all the characters and the family are written, um, there's a lot of them, even though they don't really get a lot of screen time. Um, adds a lot of context that makes it feel like a real story, mm-hmm. like something that could really happen yeah. to a real person, um, which is something that really um, the third one didn't do at all. <laughs> that was one of the reasons yeah. it sucked. But I like the third one. Oh, really? I I really I saw that when I, I was a kid. It was I was a kid when it came out. My dad took me to see it. I th- I like it. I've seen it again. I think it's a solid Home Alone movie. Obviously, huh. it's not Macaulay Culkin, and it's not uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, so that's a kind of a bummer. But I think they did a good job inhabiting the spirit of those original movies. Yeah, um, they did. The, ex- the other ones are garbage. <laughs> I've only seen like one of the other ones with French Stewart. Oh, French Stewart, I think, is in it. And it's <laughs> I didn't know there were more. Uh, wow. It's garbage. Yeah, but uh, yeah, those first three I think are pretty solid. Obviously, the first two. Or where it's at. But. Yeah, that third one, um, it did. It, I think it did spend more screen time on the actual um, traps. 
Like yeah, and there's yeah. there's more burglars too. So there's more stuff that happens right. to them. I think there's three of them. Might be four of them actually. Uh, there's three dudes and a girl. I think. Okay. Um, and you know the dudes are the idiots, of course. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, but yeah, it's um, it's got that John John Hughes heart to it, and um, they, the I think it's funny. It does have some a few good jokes in it, but I I the one thing that I would probably say, um, the one thing one detractor I think is is really just that I think it could have been more funny. I think it, there could have been more jokes. Um, funnier perhaps yeah it could have been funnier Um, even if it were the just the same amount of laughs I think it they could have I don't remember really ever belly laughing at it you know what I mean I I don't know if that was ever stipulated Mm -hmm. or ever promised nah not necessarily but yeah I mean it's a comedy and I don't really think of it as being that funny even though it, it does the cartoonishness especially of uh Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern's performances, they are funny at times. Um, but it, a lot of it is, um, yeah, the, I don't know the slap, the whole like slapstick violence humor type of thing. I don't know that making it so, um, well, I mean, that's not necessarily the a screenplay thing, but I was going to say not making it like so authentic looking. I don't know that that mm. necessarily added to the comedy. I don't know. It's just a little quibble, but yeah, I, I'm giving it an eight. Give it a 9.5. All right. Sweet. So. I think you justified that. I did. And I think <laughs> you justified yours. All right. So acting. What do you think? Um, a lot of my categories on this are kind of similar to what I have to say about directing, where I think there's not a lot of standout good or bad. Mm-hmm. I think Macaulay Culkin is a great, I mean, I don't know, I can't imagine this movie without Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, I mean, in the category of child acting, it doesn't get any better, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... And what was he, like, eight or something when he made it? I, I don't know. And the other people, I mean, are great. I think Joe Pesci and uh, Daniel Stern are my favorite performances. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, Overall. But I, I don't... I don't know. They they did they serve their purpose, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I I that sounds like a kind of a a way to brush that off, right? Responsibility off, but of reviewing that, but I, it just they serve their purpose. I don't think there's really anything that makes me go, "Wow, what a performance!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I I mostly agree. I do think um, I really liked. The way there were three people that impressed me. Well, I mean Joe Pesci and uh, Daniel Stern. Yeah, I agree with everything he said about them. I think the the cartoonish, cartoonishness of their performances does work, and it does help keep keep the tone light. Um, but I think um, I think there are three others that are worth. Well, I mean obviously Macaulay Culkin, and then the two others I would mention would be Catherine O'Hara and uh, John Candy because. Um, and we've we've mentioned all of them, but specifically with acting, I do think John Candy has um, like uh, I mean he's not that different from him, his, some of his other performances, but I just feel like there were, I felt like there was a sense of um, like he's a little goofy still, but he there's like a heart to him or a, an authenticity oh, or I mean, there's he, yeah he's the he was the epitome of that right and I but I I don't know I just really came through in this movie I think because of um. A lot of it I had to do with that story that he told to make uh, uh, the mom, I can't remember her actual name in the movie, but to make her feel better about, you know, leaving uh, Kevin. Like, they left yeah. their kid at, like, a, a graveyard, was it? Or <laughs> a funeral home or something? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So that that was a funny story, too. Yeah, that was one yeah. of the funnier moments, I think. Mm-hmm. And ju- the way that he delivered it, like, in that very, like, authentic way. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he was, like, when they first meet, he's like, He's like singing his like polka songs, oh, and yeah. he polka, expects polka, polka, yeah, he polka. Ex- <laughs> yeah. Th- there's no actual lyric, <laughs> yeah. and he he expects her to have heard of his or heard of his band. Like, Come on, just... polka kings of the Midwest. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he he brings he brings the comic thunder. I think really probably more than anybody in the movie for me. And yeah. uh, but he yeah. So I really liked his performance, and I really liked Catherine O'Hara's performance as the mom, who's you know harried and um mm. 
and just um yeah good mom you've seen uncle buck haven't you um yeah yeah okay good good we should do that one at some point it's a good one yeah good yeah. good john candy movie uh, macaulay talk- culkin's in it okay oh yeah 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 i'll talk about john candy more yeah um yeah Catherine O'Hara. planes trains and automobiles i think oh yeah it's his best performance by far hmm probably yeah i won't dispute that i'll have to rewatch it but um where was i so actors yeah that, i think that pretty much covers that. i'm giving it an 8.3 for 8.8 for me okay nice all right i'm gonna go for what do you, what do you got for cinematography here rob uh cinematog is it okay if i call it that no okay uh cinematog nothing particularly good or bad i mean it's it's a comfortable movie it's a cozy movie which it is. is more about art direction i think but it's still you know it's a warm movie which christmas movie should be they should be warm because you're it's interesting you say that cold. because i was going to specifically mention the way it conveys cold because i do feel like one of the reasons this feels like a christmas movie to me is the like just there are certain scenes like anytime it's outside you oh, just sure, like yeah. you really feel cold and mm-hmm. like um the way he shoots the church um and it just looks kind of you know i don't know there's like a a serenity to it i guess yeah yeah i always remember that scene and um yeah so i i, I think yeah it get, but it gives that it gives warmth when it needs needs it and and cold when it needs it and um but yeah, you're right. It's not. There's nothing really outstanding about it. It's just good for what it, what it is. Yeah, I gave it an eight point five. Okay, I gave it an eight. And cinematography is by somebody named Julio Macat. Oh, okay. And he uh, actually did the cinematography for the first three Home Alone movies, oh, um, huh. as well as Ace Ventura: Pet Detective, The Nutty Professor, and many others. Oh wow, that's cool. Yep. Comedy. Um, veteran yes so music what do you got what do you think for the music john williams come on yeah john williams uh, oscar nominated score i mean carol of the bells I, was that the no, no no uh somewhere in my memory yeah the home alone song yeah it's 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 christmas right i mean uh, i I th- I always assumed I think really until I was looking up stuff for this movie, I think I just always assumed that that was some kind of a like Christmas song, some yeah some like old like folks tune or something yeah yeah, and no he re- that's an original tune that he wrote um this is as original as John Williams, uh, yeah we could can make it yeah maybe uh we'll save that conversation for another episode but yeah. <laughs> there's debates there's some debates over the old the old johnny boy um, but but oh it's amazing and a lot yeah. of carol of the bells yeah. i mean that's just i love that song yeah and it's really well done in there and yeah this this like mo- the climax of the movie yeah i was gonna say this um yeah you're right I, yeah that's a really nice moment um I think the music might be my favorite thing about this movie, actually. Yeah. Um, this the so the song selections too. I mean, he they picked a lot of like old school kind of stuff, like doo-wop, like rockabilly kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the the version of White Christmas that's in there is by. Um, uh, oh man, I've lost it. Anyway, it's it's like a doo-wop version. Oh. And um, I just think that, and there's like, um, jingle uh, rocking around mm. the Christmas tree and. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Drifters. It's by the Drifters. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just yeah, a fantastic score. Nine point five for me. Every every possible way. Yeah, I, I give it a nine. All right. Um, sets and art direction. Um, like I was kind of talking about before in cinematography, I think that this is one of the. I don't know if it's because it's from childhood, and it kind of evokes. I've watched this movie so much as a kid; it just evokes this feeling but it's a very comfortable mm-hmm. safe yeah cozy feeling movie um and i think that has a lot to do with the set because it's you know almost all of it's set in the home in which kevin is alone in <laughs> and it's a very you know it's a home very they've they did a good job you know making it feel like home 
I agree yeah. to not just Kevin, but to the audience as well. Yeah. The, it, just like a lot of his movies, it has that, um, suburban Chicago feel to it, mm-hmm. which we identify with because we're, we're, we live in the Chicagoland area and you know, we grew up. Yeah. Here. But we don't, we, we didn't grow up in that nearly of an affluent no, neighborhood. No, no, <laughs> That's a, uh, that's true. It's a, it's a bit of a step above. <laughs> yeah, for I just our neck that, of the woods. that that Midwestern feel that uh, are that you yeah. that are all over John Hughes movies. Right, you know, right. Gives it gives a little extra suburbia. Yeah, a little extra something. Yeah, um, but it's I give it a nine point two. I think it's um, I I also kind of included the traps in this a little bit. Um, the art direction in terms of how the, the traps were executed. Yeah. Um, it's, Cause it's kind of That's like, a, yeah. it's kind of partly art direction, partly it's mostly stunts, obviously in effects, but um, yeah, you're making good points. I think uh, maybe should have given a little more credit. I gave it an 8.2, but, um, but yeah, it does give you that. You do have that feel that, uh, yeah, it does have that comfortable feel. I think that's just the best way of putting it. I don't really yeah. have anything to add, <laughs> but again, it could just be, it could very well be, we grew up with this movie yeah that's part and of it, it and it feels like because we were watching it comfortably at home and that's what we remember as kids so who knows right it could just be nostalgia yeah rearing its ugly head <laughs> probably a little of that uh so uh post-production effects um i gave it a nine okay i, I think uh the traps are awesome yeah <laughs> you know they're just so brutal and um <laughs> the effects of the wounds that they yeah. endure throughout their battle with kevin yeah, really good makeup yeah it's just yeah i i don't think uh th- this movie couldn't have been done obviously without good special effects right and, and makeup and things like that absolutely well i mean you kind of argued uh, differently earlier because when you said it shouldn't have been as brutal as it was yeah but i don't know i think it was brutal enough yeah it does um it does give more credit to the special effects and you know makes it a more important aspect of the film for sure yeah um but yeah so i got i gave it 8.7 there i agree i agree yeah good stuff so um editing um before we get into it Edited by Raja Gosnell. Oh, okay. Rob's got the names down. I do. That's good. And he's (laughs) uh, the director of Home Alone 3. Oh, okay. Um, And Hmm. a callback. No, not a call. No. No. He's the director (laughs) of Home Alone 3, but he's also the director of Big Mama's House. Oh, okay. Um, Watched that a long time ago actually wasn't bad yeah, and he actually <laughs> did a lot of Christ- he edited a lot of uh, Christopher Columbus's movies oh, okay Home Alone 2 Mrs. Doubtfire oh Miss. oh I did oh, so Chris Chris Columbus directed Mrs. Doubtfire yeah yeah oh, okay um, that's a I favorite from childhood earlier, yeah. for sure yeah yeah and he um, yeah that guy's got a pretty extensive filmography you should check it out Raja Gosnell alright He's uh, you'll you'll look at his movies and be like, holy crap, he's <laughs> he's edited my childhood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, be interesting to meet somebody like that. Right. Hmm. Yep. It's like you you formed me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know if anybody should say that to another person. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big responsibility. Um. Yes. So. Yeah, I um I yeah, I think it's um definitely solid editing. Um Yeah. There is um this isn't specifically to do with editing, but I just wanted to point out I think what made this movie since we've been talking about the nostalgia of it, I think what um what makes it compelling especially for a kid is how you it intertwines like a a childhood fantas- fantasies and fears. Yeah, way. sure. It doesn't do it in like the more literal um, Guillermo del Toro way, but <laughs> it does it in, in, a, in a much more subtle way where it's like, you know, he's afraid of the basement and the, the furnace and all that. But, and if like, you know, every kid's afraid of being like alone and being, you know, 
bad guys that are after you. Like, right. so that's like a deep fear, but also, um, you know, the, the fantasy of being able to do whatever you want. And that the earlier half of the movie is more about that where he's, you know, uh, tobogganing down the stairs and yeah. eating all the ice cream he wants and yep. watching the movies that his uncle wouldn't let him watch and um, the noir stuff and getting Ordering into his pizza. Yeah, yeah, getting into all his brother's stuff and is that how he gets the pizza free? I don't remember. Because remember he he puts in the that that tape of the old gangster movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he gets. I can't remember why he did that. Why did he do that? Why did he put in the tape? Yeah, for the pizza guy. Oh, the oh, that's right. He was using that was another one of those little clever uh, things that he does. Yeah. He was that how he got free pizza? Yeah, he scares yeah. off the pizza guy by. Oh yeah, he makes him put the pizza and then scares him off. Yeah, the guy in the <laughs> yeah, movie yeah, is yeah. saying. Yeah, he's got the guy in the movie. He's got the movie playing really loud, and the guy's um, <laughs> yeah. is like, "I'm gonna pump you, pump your guts full of lead." And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, one and he two, and then he l- sets off some firecrackers. Yeah, or something. like a yeah. trash can. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clever scamp. Yep. Um, but yeah, he, he shoplifts a lot in this movie. <laughs> he steals. Yeah, he Because does. he doesn't have any money. He's a kid that's right. home alone. Yeah. And, but he does use, he tries to buy groceries with like a whole bunch of coupons. Yeah. Or he does buy them, I think. And like, yeah, because he like starts to get more responsible. And so, yeah, there's that element of like coming of age in the movie. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So what about your, uh, oh, I, I give it 8.5 for editing. What'd you give 8. it? 8.6. Okay. Very close. All right, what about your real factor, Rob? Oh, and the reason why I did kind of give it up, I bumped it up a bit for my mm-hmm. typical 8.5 is because I thought it, they did a good job telling the two stories, Kevin's story That's and the point. mother's story. That's a good point, yeah. But again, it's kind of standard right. editing, so, you know. Two plot threads isn't that many to right. handle. It's not that complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so... Um, As we say from our, <laughs> we say from our little chairs. Yes, <laughs> armchair filmmakers. <laughs> You're right. Okay, what was the uh, next category? Uh, it's a real. We're on real factor. Rob, I already mentioned. Oh, it. so <laughs> already, already. Um, I'm gonna go with an eight point one. Um, we should mention the real factor is oh, yes. our way of kind of because we're gonna average out these scores. Um, have some individual scores and we're going to average those out further so we have a real score between us. And uh, our real factor score is how we kind of, f- not fudge, but how we influence the score a little bit based on unknown factors. Yeah, it's pu- like, purely subjective. Yeah, so nostalgia is going to play a huge role in this one for me. Um. So that's just kind of our way of balancing it out. Right. You, you know, you might not, I might not think the editing and the directing and whatever is all that snazzy, <laughs> but I think the movie overall is a classic and amazing, which is what I'm saying about this movie right now. <laughs> um, I'm giving the real factor a 10. All right. Because I think there's no. There's no movie that kind of epitomizes Christmas to me than Home Alone. Yeah, I feel the same way about it. Um, and yeah, it's just it's a classic. I think if you're looking for a family movie to watch, you can't <laughs> go wrong. Right. And it's uh, it might actually be the most popular film that we've ever covered. One of the most successful in terms of Oh, yeah. profit like it it's made to date i want to say it's made l- over half a billion yeah yeah and it w- was only cost like 17 million to make yeah so that's that's something it's, it's a, been a very successful movie yeah yeah, yeah. um so yeah I'm, i went with an 8.1 um i didn't want to go i like i said i just I, I i don't think i have those fond memories and everything but uh, you know I, I it's not it wasn't like a super funny movie it wasn't i didn't you know what i mean it doesn't really blow me away well i think this is good because it's gonna balance we're gonna balance one another out right we're gonna balance the nostalgia and kind of the objective 
way of looking at it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my uh, my average score, my individual score is nine point zero six repeating. <laughs> my individual score is eight point four two with a two repeating. <laughs> All right, I mean that makes an average. Our real score, an eight point seven four repeating. And that's the only score that matters because it's the real score. Hey IMDb, hey uh, Rotten Tomatoes eat it <laughs> eat this one and eat this one because our score is better than yours it's the only one that matters come at me yep bring every lawyer you got <laughs> we'll take you on yeah and uh we're riding this gravy tank gravy train to moneyville <laughs> <laughs> All right. That went to a wrong place almost. Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? Gross. Oh, nothing. So, Gross. but yeah, the IMDb score on uh, on Home Alone is 7.5. And uh, Tomato Meter critic, Critics on Rotten Tomatoes, it's uh, 63. Wow. And uh, Metacritic is 63. So, um, yeah, I, these are, I thought they would be a little higher. Um, but I think but, it's, you know, it's important. What's important to remember is that these aren't important. Yes. These are not important. <laughs> we are important. It's called the real score because it's the real score. Yeah. It's the only one that matters. And if you don't like it, um, you can eat it. You can eat this one and you can eat this one. <laughs> you already said that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any hoosers. All right. Um, hey, uh, you want to play a game? Yes, let's do that, Rob. Oh, we forgot to even tease that earlier. Oh, yeah, we didn't. We're going to play some True Lies. Yes, we've done this one before, but uh, bringing another, we're going to bring a special Christmas edition this time. I was trying to send it off into the music, and you kept it going. Uh, well, roll music. True Lies. True It's time for the True Lies game, only on Real on Reels. All right. So, True Lies. Uh, True Lies. Jeremiah and I have each come up with three films. And for each of those three films, we have come up with three factoids. One of which is a lie-toid. Not to be confused with Altoid. Um, I don't know him. We mm. are... Trying to decide which one is the lie toy. He's curiously strong. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for him. So <laughs> the way this is going to work is we've each chosen three films. They're Christmas. I films. just I just said that. Oh. oh okay. Come on, Jeremiah. Listen to me. No. Do not click that stop button. <laughs> All right. So do not. <laughs> we are powering through this snurfuffle. This kerfuffle of no, snuffle. 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 Okay. So, yeah, I did forget to mention, though, what you were going to mention, the three Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah. Because so, this is, after all, our Christmas episode. First ever Christmas special. And, uh, yeah, so you want to get started, Rob? Sure. My first... Oh, we should probably get the ledger out. Oh, before. yes, yes. Of course. <laughs> what were we thinking? Um, and we should fill in the listener how the scores are right now current point standings are rob at 45 and jeremiah at 37 man i'm i'm stomping you well you're not getting any points tonight so we'll see how it goes all right well <laughs> all right so my first film for you sir is a christmas classic all righty then die hard <laughs> okay 1988 you don't you don't think Die Hard's a Christmas a, movie? It's a classic. Um It's set during a Christmas party. Yeah. What's more Christmas than a Christmas party? It's only an Alan Rickman. Yeah, it's only a Christmas movie in the trivial way that like um I don't know. I can't think of a good example off the top of my head, but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. It's, I mean, it's a how Christ- convenient. It's as Christmassy as like Harry Potter. 
I guess. But it doesn't it's not it's not centered around Christmas in any fashion. How, how dare you? First of all. <laughs> Secondly, it's a Christmas movie. Okay. Anyway, Christmas. <laughs> oh, I I'm sorry. I didn't mean Christmas. I meant Die Hard. Sometimes I get those two words mixed up in my head because they're very similar. Oh, hmm. yes. Um is it A, Bruce Willis was offered the role after it was turned down by nine major actors, including Richard Gere and Clint Eastwood? Hmm. B, it was Alan Rickman's first feature film role. Or C, nominated for zero Academy Awards. Oh, wow. This is a tough one. I'm going to guess that the false statement is the Academy Award one. I'm going to say that's probably false. You are correct, sir. Yes. Yep, it was nominated for four. Um, all for, you know, editing, sound effects, right. all that stuff. Technical stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yep. Good technical film. Yeah. So, Rob, your first one is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Ooh. Let me let me record your point though here real quick. It's more of a Halloween movie. But. Um well, the brilliance of that movie from a marketing perspective is that it works equally well as both. Um <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> Martin. <laughs> uh so yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas, 1983. By the way, Catherine O'Hara voices Sally in that movie. Oh. I didn't know that. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> Thought I was looking this up. <laughs> yeah, there's always these. We always find these connections. <laughs> connections everywhere. <laughs> connections are crazy. <laughs> so, is it? Is the find the false statement? A. Chris Sarandon sung his own parts. He played uh, Jack Jack Skellington. Okay. He sung his own parts, where he sings, obviously. Um, <laughs> B. <laughs> Tim Burton chose Howard Shore to write the score for Ed Wood because of creative differences that he had with Danny Elfman during the Nightmare Before Christmas production. C, released under Touchstone, or uh, excuse me, the movie was released under Touchstone because the Disney CEO deemed it too dark for kids. So it wasn't released under the Disney label. Which is the false statement? I will say it is A. You are correct. For a bonus point, do you know who sung the parts? It's Tim Burton. You're not really getting a bonus point. I just if it's to, uh, give me a chance. <laughs> Tim Burton. I'm gonna say Johnny Depp sang it. That is incorrect. It was actually Danny Elfman. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sure it was Johnny Depp in a Danny Elfman costume. So you got your uh, wait. Um, well, that was was that your first point? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, the I've, first question. Sir, I accidentally gave you a point. So yeah, scratching that up, give you oh. an extra point. Oh, so we I each, mean, we just have one now. Oh, <laughs> so. damn it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, film number two, sir. All right, is the nineteen ninety four classic, The Santa Claus, with Tim Allen. With Tim Allen. Hmm. Seems more recent than that. It's weird. Um, I know, right? Yeah. Is it a the second highest, uh, <clears throat> sorry, is it A, it's the second highest grossing Christmas film of all time, just under Home Alone? Hmm. B, to hire Tim Allen, Disney had to make an exception to their no hiring felons policy, since he has a felony record for dealing cocaine. Tim Allen? <laughs> yeah. Or C, Tim Allen's first leading role in a feature film. Okay, I think I think the cocaine thing is true. I think it's his first leading role. What was the what was A? Uh the second highest grossing Christmas film of all time just under Home Alone. Well, maybe. I'm going to say that's the false one. And you would be incorrect. Oh. Um second is actually Ron Howard's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh. You said so I was I was correct? I thought you mm. said it was incorrect. Oh, you said that one was false? Yeah, I said A oh, was false. Oh, duh. You are correct. 
the Santa Claus is actually number seven. Oh, okay. I got confused. <laughs> I wonder how. The, I wonder what their criteria are. I wonder if they include Die Hard in that list. I can't remember if that was <laughs> even an option. Or the Gremlins is another one that came That's up true. when I was looking at Christmas movies. And actually, Batman Returns came up too. That, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that's a thing, but... It's very Christmassy. There's a Christmas... There's like a big Christmas scene in it. The penguin and... Oh, well, yeah, I guess so. I just don't remember that that part of it. Yeah. All right. Your second film, Rob, is Elf from 2003. All right. Find the false statement. A. Will Ferrell often had headaches during filming due to all the sugar that he had to eat for the role. B. Jim Carrey was originally supposed to star in Elf, and uh, it was originally slated to come out during his heyday in the early 90s. C. John John Favreau and Will Ferrell are rumored to be working on a sequel centering around Buddy and Jovi's family. Jovi is um, Zoe Tishnell's character. Uh Oh, okay. Um, They get together at the end of the movie and presumably produce half-human, half-elf hybrids what was the second one jim carrey <laughs> yeah jim carrey was supposed to star in the movie initially and it's a te- it was a 10 year old script hmm. i'm gonna say that jim carrey one is false the jim carrey one is correct so the one that's false is that john favreau and will farrow working on a sequel oh, okay the truth is they wanted to do a sequel, but and they offered Will Ferrell twenty nine million dollars to play Elf or play Buddy again, and he turned it down. Oh my god! So yeah, wow, that's what really happened there. All right, no point. I, I hate you. <laughs> um, film three, the nineteen ninety eight Michael Keaton vehicle. Jack Frost. All right. A. Michael Keaton co-wrote two of the songs on the soundtrack. <laughs> B. Features cameos by three of Frank Zappa's four children. Hmm. Or C. A member of the lighting crew was found dead on the set the morning of the last day of shooting. Police ruled his death a murder but still haven't found the killer. Hmm. That one sounds juicy, but it kind of sounds made up. So I'm going to go with C. Damn it. I was hoping you were like, that one sounds made up so that it can't be it. Uh, but yes, too, too many, too many layers, one. man. You, you, uh, you, wall, you wall it. But yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately that did not happen. Unfortunately that did not because, happen. uh, then we could have said that was a very cold case. Cold, because he's a snowman. I said I did the warm, 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 warm. So he's a snowman. We, yeah, yeah, we got it. Snow's cold. Yes. So, <laughs> Rob, have you ever felt snow? So, Rob, you have you ever felt snow? Of course. And it, what is it? Is it cold? All right, Rob. Your points. Okay. Your point total is forty-six. <laughs> My point total is 40, so I'm gaining on you. I need my third movie, sir. Oh. I need a chance here, sir. (laughs) I didn't even give him his last question. All right. This episode has been a mess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're all over the place. It's all right. It's free. Uh, So your last film is Jingle All the Way from 1996. A. Put the cookies down. Now. 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 Yeah. I mean, yours is pretty bad, but mine is way worse. Yeah. What are you talking okay. about? Mine is perfect. <laughs> I, just want, right. I just want Turbo Mantle. So, hey, <laughs> this is quickly falling apart. Um, it was the largest film production in Minnesota ever at that time. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what are the other options? <laughs> B. Dis- dis- Fargo, I guess. Uh, oh, that's true. Despite the movie being about a toy, they were unable to get the toy released by the Christmas season. Mm. The Turbo Man toy. C. 
Sinbad and Schwarzenegger improvise their conversations in the film. Which one is the false one? Wow. Um, what was the first one? It was the largest film production to date in Minnesota at the time. Well, I th- I don't think it's the second one because I remember wanting that doll, that action figure for Christmas, and not being able to get it because it wasn't out. Ironically, yeah. So I don't <laughs> think I don't think that I think that one's true, but. I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger is improvising lines. <laughs> okay. He's the governor, not the improvinator. Improvinator. I like that word. So I'm going to go with that one. Uh, you're actually incorrect. <laughs> so it turns out they did get the toy out, but they didn't have much time, so they only released the action figure itself. They had they didn't do any other promotional stuff. They just put that to- that one toy out, and they didn't make very many of them initially. Um, yeah, they it, dashed the film my childhood was dreams. Kind of a rush job. Yeah, they filmed it in like April, and it was supposed to come out in like October, November. All or I wanted was Turbo Man doll. Yeah, it probably just sold out real fast. That's probably what, what you remember. <laughs> I just wanted a Turbo Man I did, doll. I did kind of want a Turbo Man after I saw that movie. They were criticized for wanting for like making the movie just to sell a toy. But then, it, but they were like, no, actually, we had a hard time even getting a toy out for this thing. <laughs> yeah, if we had planned that, we would have had a whole line of them. Right, exactly. Yeah. And we would have made a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that movie, though. Like Small Soldiers. <laughs> Small Soldiers is a great movie. Yeah. And I bought all the toys. Yeah, <laughs> those toys were cool. <sighs> Small Soldiers, great. Brilliant toy marketing. I mean, almost as good as Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had those toys too. Yep. I think the king is probably still Star Wars though. Oh, by a long shot. Yeah, he can't even touch that. Yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, George Lucas was smart to maintain those merchandising rights. First they made the mo- the toys based on the game or the the movies. And now they make the movies based on the toys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's come full circle. <sighs> It's a Mobius strip of geekdom and yeah. So what was the final score again? Oh, um, the final score since you did not get a point is the same as what I said. I know, (laughs) but what was it again? (laughs) You've got why I said again. Yeah, you've got forty six. I've got forty. Thank you. It's the running total. That's why I said again. Yeah, got that. Well, Jeremiah, um, I think that's it for today. No, it's not because I got you a gift. Oh. For Christmas. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess I'm ready. It's the gift <laughs> of friendship. Oh, okay. The best ship. That is the best ship. Because <laughs> there ain't no maintenance fees for this boat. Yeah, I, I suppose. Not for coming from me anyway. No fuel. can't won't sink well it could sink I guess but not like literally like we won't drown from a friendship that's sinking. true yeah, and, I and that's you. what we kind of want to leave with you here on Real Unreals is uh, friendships never sink except when they do and that's really sad when it does yep like this one Merry Christmas alright everyone See you next week. Ho, ho, ho. Actually, we won't. Oh, yeah, we won't because uh, <laughs> we we were kind enough to do this episode for you this week, <laughs> we're, this holiday season. We're getting, getting her out there early. Yeah, we got it out there early for you. We're going to take a little New Year's break. Yeah. And then uh, we'll be back with a uh, fan suggestion. Yes. Ledulos. Or Ladulo. Yeah, I think both are acceptable. Except acceptable. Is that French? It's probably Spanish. But we should probably get going. Yeah, everybody enjoy- <laughs> have a happy new year. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah, see you uh, in the old 20-aught 
19. <laughs> so, that's how art works, is it? I, yeah, I think that's, I'm pretty sure that's how art works. I don't, I don't know about that. Kevin, All right. Every- what did you do to my room? <laughs> Bye.